Church family, welcome to the ongoing conversation about international missions at Fellowship Bible Church, where you get a front row seat to hear what God is continually doing to establish His church around the world. My name is Emma Kate, and I'm your host for today. We are joined by our mission pastors, Scott McManigal and Jim Poole, to discuss our philosophy or how we do missions here at Fellowship Bible Church. So thank you guys so much for being here. Um, it's nice to catch you guys both here in the <laughs> spring at the same yeah. time. Yeah. So appreciate because you guys, I know, Scott, you recently just um, got back from a trip to Thailand, right. um, and that podcast is live if people want to go find it. Yep. And then, Jim, you and Mike Thomas just went to Donna, Texas a couple weeks ago, and that podcast will be coming out here after this one is released. That's right. So make sure you stay tuned. Um, no spoilers. For that. Yeah, no spoilers. <laughs> So, all right, well, let's get into it. And as we talk about our philosophy of missions here at FBC, I'll come your way first, Scott, to sure. kind of talk a little bit about the history of what missions has looked like. And I come to you first because your dad actually was on staff with Global Missions here at right. FBC. So if you kind of just want to start picking a broad picture of what that looked like. Yeah, um, back in the 80s uh, and into the early 90s, uh, the missions program was uh, what we would call a typical mission program, what you would find in most churches where they have a missions committee and they're just interviewing missionaries that are heading out to the mission field. They have them come in, share what they believe God's called them to, and and then fill out an application. And then the committee spends time praying and deciding if God's leading them to support that missionary or not. And, um, and then in the mid-90s, um, and I think it was mainly through a connection that Mark Carey had with an organization called BILD, B-I-L-D. Okay. Um, I don't remember all that it stands for, but it's uh, along the lines of leadership development. And, and so there were some, uh, th there was some uh, national pastors that Mark had also gone to seminary with at Dallas. And then he also came in touch with through his uh, involvement with Build, and I think it was through through Mark's leadership then that uh, the, the missions committee began to connect with some of these national pastors. And it started. Uh, Julius Murgor was in Kenya. Um, uh, Raúl Santana in Mexico City, and James Shankar in India. All three of them had. Um, done a lot of work in terms of evangelism and and raising up a, a lot of believers in churches but all three struggled with discipling leaders mm. uh, leaders for the churches and so as the church began the missions committee began to interact with those three men and their ministries and the needs it became apparent that they they had a real need to train and develop leaders and so that set the missions committee on the quest to try and draw alongside of these men and and to try and be a help to them in that. And then, you know, that began in the mid nineties and then it just continued to spread and expand. And the more uh, they became in directly involved with training leaders and, and establishing the leadership of churches, I think the more effective the missions, um, program uh, became at it and it's just continued to evolve and grow and expand to where today it's what we do mm -hmm. it's we're working you know there's only there's only a few expat missionaries we work with and they're ones that have been kind of raised up through fbc 
all the rest are direct involvement with pastors and church leaders of already existing churches. Gotcha, gotcha. So then um, it was really then seeing this need for, okay, here we have pastors who love the Lord, but they, there's the need for discipleship. There's a need for um, growing. And so that's where kind of, I guess, FBC came in. And this is how we saw, okay, this is what we're going to do for global missions. We're going to meet this need that we see. So Jim, can you kind of talk about why that? Why he choose to head that direction instead of a lot of churches, I think, focus on evangelism and global missions, which is por- important, but mm-hmm. why this and really focusing on church leaders? Yeah. Scott mentioned Julius Mergor, mm-hmm. who was one of the early uh, Pocot believers in Kenya. Okay. And mm-hmm. I remember, I didn't hear him say this phrase myself. But I remember uh, hearing that he said this phrase that the church is a a mile wide and an inch deep. Mm -hmm. So a mile wide and an inch deep. So the church is very, very, very wide, but there's no depth to it in terms of like spiritual depth. And so that's what happens when you have just lots and lots and lots and lots of evangelism. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of people getting saved, which is great. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a wonderful thing. We want to see people. Mm-hmm. coming into a relationship with the Lord, mm-hmm. but we also want to see them growing mm-hmm. in their knowledge of God, growing in their understanding of what it means to walk with God and the grace of God and all that is involved in their, their relationship with God growing. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, early on, that's what um, really catapulted us to uh, see the need, um, mm-hmm. you know, that the church really was just um, a mile wide and an inch deep. And so I think that really led us to saying, okay, we need to really uh, work with the leaders. Mm-hmm. Because if you work with the leaders, then you're going to be able to have um, you know, the greatest impact. They're going to be the ones that are going to be you know, teaching others. Right, right. And then here in the States, uh, we have, you know, somebody wants to go to Bible school, um, you know, Bible schools or Bible colleges or seminaries, they're kind of dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. You know, right. there, every state in our country has various Bible schools. You can go to a one-year program, a four-year program, get a master's, go to seminary, get a doctorate. But all these places that Scott just mentioned where, where you know, early on God gave us these contacts, you know, these folks, they didn't have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, Scott, your last podcast with your you know, work with Poker N, you know, you know, some of those folks mm-hmm. went to seminary, but the guys you were working with, they didn't have the mm-hmm. opportunity. So here's all these opportunities that God had given us with folks that are hungry to study God's word and learn more about him and grow Mm -hmm. in their relationship with him so that they can disciple others and see and see the believers that they had, you know, growing into a deep, intimate relationship and knowledge of God. Um, So that's really what led us because they didn't have the opportunities to go and to be taught. Mm-hmm. And so they're wanting to be taught. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only did they not have the opportunity to go to be taught, but it's not just the opportunity, but it's the right content. Mm-hmm. I think we'll right. get into that. I'm not sure we'll right. get into that in this podcast, maybe further mm-hmm. on down the road. Yeah, we'll tease it a little yeah, bit Yeah, so there's yeah. a little <laughs> teaser for you. Um, but again, that's huge mm-hmm. as well. So not mm-hmm. only did they not have the opportunities, mm-hmm. but then it was, it's got to be in the right mm-hmm. content. Right. So okay, right. boy, there's there's all these folks are getting saved, but 
Mm-hmm. We need some depth. Right. And so we need right. to just, we need, and that depth is going to come by studying the scriptures. Mm-hmm. You know, just getting into right. the Word of God mm-hmm. and studying the Word of God uh, with these leaders. Mm-hmm. And then they can in turn, you know, teach the people in their churches mm-hmm. so that the people in their churches can be growing in right. their relationship with God, growing uh, better in their understanding of what the scriptures mm-hmm. mean. Um, enjoying God for themselves, living in grace, walking by faith, mm-hmm. and then in turn, they can be passing that, passing that on to others. Yeah. I think you asked, is that right? Did yeah, I, no, I that was right great. Question? No, okay. you did, um, and I have some follow-up things. So okay. I think another aspect yeah. for that <clears throat> as to why we mm-hmm. do what we do, um, in Ephesians 4, we have a real mandate for uh, the purpose of our own church and leadership being raised up in the church. It says in Ephesians 4:11 that the Holy Spirit's raised up basically pastors, teachers, and church leaders to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And so that's like that's the mandate, biblical mandate that we have as as a church, as you know, as our own church. Um, but also as we're looking to plant churches and establish churches around the world, it's their mandate also. Right, right. And so we're trying to draw alongside of them and help them fulfill that mandate. The second aspect is a practic- you know, the, the practicality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, missionaries come and go. You know, Annette and I, we were missionaries in Thailand for almost 18 years, and I was a part of the field leadership team there um, for many of those years. Um, the, the last couple years that we were there, two, two young couples came to Thailand. They were going to partner together, and they were going to go into this one tribal location. Uh, the one couple had two kids. The other couple had uh, like six, mm-hmm. and their oldest was in eighth grade. And so in their orientation, you know, we were like, you, you guys realize the, the, the potential uh, or the, the probability of the two of you together entering this work carrying it out and seeing it all the way through to the end is isn't real great right Mm -hmm. and they're like why would you say that that's discouraging why you have six kids Mm -hmm. you know i mean your your daughter's going to graduate from high school in four years you know are you just going to send her back to the u.s alone what if she goes back and struggles you know are you going to just leave her there are you going to go spend time with her what if one of your kids gets sick Right. You know, I mean, there's a whole host of things that could mm-hmm. come up that take you out of the work, take right. you back home. And as it turned out, they never even got out of Chiang Mai. The mm-hmm. father got some weird eye issue, went all over Thailand trying to get it diagnosed and couldn't and ended up having to come back to the U.S. Mm-hmm. But a mature, functioning church mm-hmm. in the local context isn't going to go anywhere. Right. People get sick and the church stays there. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids go off to school and the church stays there. It's, mm-hmm. And so, but the key is, is it's got to be a mature established mm-hmm. church, yeah. not just a church. Right, <laughs> right. And so what I'm hearing as you guys are both talking is the theme is, yes, you're investing in leaders, but it's investing in the local church. That's right. what you want to build mm-hmm. up. That's what you're working towards. Yep. Um, and so, 
global missions, like, again, we think of this like, oh, I'm traveling overseas and it seems far away, but it's really just how we as our local church are helping establish other local churches all across the world. And so how do you, um, then I'll turn it back to you, Jim, because, I mean, obviously every culture is different, but still what the Bible says about the church is true and applies to everyone. So how do you instill that value of the local church when you travel to Africa, to Asia, to South America? What does that look like? Yeah, so we, yeah, I'm going to kind of go ahead a little bit and where we're going to go, a couple podcasts. Or <laughs> go for it. But go anyways, for it. you know, we teach from, and we've shared about it in our past podcast. Mm-hmm. We, we can't talk about global missions at FBC without talking about what we do mm-hmm. progressively and foundationally in yep. our in our teaching. Mm-hmm. So that that's probably in every podcast, no matter mm-hmm. what the specific content yeah. of that is. So so that that's what we do. And, um, and we lay that out uh, foundationally and, and, and progressively, no matter where it is. You, you were with us on a trip, mm-hmm. you know, you've in, in Zambia, yes. you got to experience that. Mm-hmm. So um, that's where our teaching begins. Um, and there are specific lessons though that we get to, and it is, uh, we have a set of lessons called, you know, establishing the church. Did we do that with mm-hmm. you and yep, Zambia that's what last you guys year? Did okay, there, yeah, yeah, there we go. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so so um, it's centered in in the teaching, and it's mm-hmm. centered in the content of the teaching. Uh, you know, founded in the Word of God, teaching progressively and foundationally through the Word of God. So what does that mean when you say teaching progressively yeah. and foundationally? You want us to get into that now, or wait for uh, just a little okay. teaser? Just a <laughs> yeah. little teaser. Okay. Yeah. So um, so we begin and we begin before the beginning. Okay. And yeah. um, and so. Um, you know, many people begin in Genesis 1 in their context of God, mm-hmm. how God re- has revealed himself, but actually we need to go before Genesis 1 and see what was God doing in eternity past mm-hmm. and start there to begin to see the heart of God and the ways of God and the mind of God and the love mm-hmm. of God. So we begin in the beginning okay. and we just unfold it. And we're working with the the, the leaders of the church, John, trying to stay to your question and not get on uh, rabbit trails, but we, you know, we're working with the leadership of the church, communicating the truths of God's word, and then eventually, you know, it's it gets to lessons about the God's heart for the church, mm-hmm. God's value for the church, uh, lessons on establishing, you know, the establishing the local church. We're working with the the leaders of the mm-hmm. church. We're as much as we can. We're trying to meet. You know, in their churches as, as best as we can, and so, yeah, it's just you can't you can't teach these things and not teach God's heart for the church. Right. And so that's what you, mm-hmm. you can't you can't teach the heart of God and not at least the way that we're unfolding it mm-hmm. and not come away with understanding um, God's heart God's heart for the church. Right. So yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you mentioned earlier that you guys have seen a hunger for this. Is that true of everywhere you go? Are people asking for this? Or have you ever been met with resistance? Like, we don't agree with this. This is not how our understanding of Scripture is. Yeah, we've had, definitely have had opposition. Um, I would say it was, uh, as of late, uh, there hasn't been a whole lot of opposition. Um, we our our teaching and the way we unfold this and the way that we lead people into uh, having a bigger view of God and an understanding of grace for every part of our salvation has changed over the years. Uh, initially, it was more 
it was it was done more topically. Um, we had a set of lessons called Introduction to Grace, and 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 I think it's when we taught that way, when we taught topically, that we saw the most opposition because it looks like it looks like you're just pulling verses from all over the Bible and forming your you know your twist on this doctrine. And but the way that we do it now is that we actually begin, like Jim said before the beginning, with God's revelation of Himself. You know, like verses like Second Timothy one nine that speak of the Godhead predetermining the eternal plan of redemption before anything was even created. Mm-hmm. And Jesus' prayer in John 17, he speaks of glory that, that the Godhead had from before the foundations of the earth. He speaks of uh, oneness. You know, as he's praying for his future followers, he says, I pray that, that they'll be one as we are one and they'll be one with us. And that's one of the main things he's praying about. In verse 24, he says, Father, you loved me before the foundations of the earth. And so with this revelation of the heart of God and what it's like, and then you come into, um, you know, Genesis 1. Genesis 1 now is the beginning of God carrying out right. that plan. Right. And so, um, and then we continue to work our way through some of those Old Testament stories that, you know, any story... In all the stories, I believe the purpose that God has them recorded is to reveal himself through his interaction with man. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't have a revelation of God where he's not revealing grace. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's in every story. Right. Well, you can't oppose that. You can't, you know, you, you that that's not just, that's not pulling scripture from all over the Bible to form, you know, a doctrine. That's, mm-hmm. this is what God's revealing about mm-hmm. his heart. And so that's, that's it. So we're we're kind of accomplishing two birds at and and one and one uh, with one stone, mm-hmm. accomplishing two birds, <laughs> uh, accomplishing two goals with mm-hmm. one uh, set of lessons. Where we are giving the example of the foundational unfolding of God's word, but at the same time, revealing God, revealing grace, revealing His heart, showing from the very beginning it's always been about grace. Mm-hmm. And, and and we've kind of moved away from teaching it as a topic. Mm-hmm. And and so I I think I mean you say what you think, but I, I think we're seeing we're seeing way less opposition. Yeah, 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 I agree. And also to come back to um your question about the church, um through the years um we have moved from working with an individual to working with the church. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I think that was probably maybe two-prong. Okay. Maybe it was that you work with a person, and then as God develops and grows that person, then there's more influence to the church. But mm-hmm. I think also there has been just more of a focus on the church. Mm-hmm. And so I think, um, you know, just, you know, why are we focusing on the church? I just think um, there's been more of a focus in the past um, 15 years or so of just on the church. Scott, mm-hmm. you came on board. 17 years ago now Mm -hmm. is that right okay yeah Yeah, and so having come from thailand having planted a church and so having seen god do that and um um, not that there was any misplaced focus in the past but you know you coming here and and having done that and just really having a heart for seeing an established church i think that came um uh, you know Mm -hmm. when you came and you know and since then you know that's that's grown and so that Mm -hmm. that has led us to 
uh, really, you know, focusing on the church and not on individual people, right? But really seeing churches mm-hmm. uh, being established. I mean, you can't have an established church without established people. That yep. uh, those mm-hmm. go hand in hand. Established people are going to lead to an established church, and mm-hmm. vice versa. An established church is going to be have mm-hmm. established people with it. Mm-hmm. But I think that's 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 another reason why I think we really um, are focusing on. Uh, churches, not just right. individuals, right. and the way that you know what we're talking about here, um, yeah, there has definitely been uh, less opposition mm-hmm. than there might have been a number of years ago. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, that's great. And so I had the opportunity, as you mentioned, to go to, with you guys to Zambia, and that was a joint trip with the youth um, and you guys. And so at the end of the trip, you guys hosted a conference, and it wasn't just for um, people or churches that we work with. It was for churches and people mm-hmm. you had never met before. And so for me, I, my eyes were opened, first of all, to see the hunger that all these uh, leaders had, but also um, just how excited they were to come together and to learn. But also how exhausting and Mm -hmm. how long those days are so let's transition a little bit to what does it practically look like for you guys when you go on these trips because it's a lot i mean it's so important so scott i don't i know you just re did your thailand trip but like what does Mm -hmm. an average day look like when you're over there teaching yeah so there's a um What's, there's a progression that we follow in establishing mm-hmm. these guys. And so we, we're, we're, we're kind of starting off with selling them on the theory, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, at that point, teaching chronologically is a theory, you know, and they're, as they hear it, it's, it's another way of teaching the Bible. Um, but so there's two main things we're trying to turn them on to initially, and that is seeing the importance of teaching chronologically, teaching foundationally, and also that it's all about grace you know, for every part of salvation. And, and like Jim shared, we have a set of lessons that I think help show them God's heart for the church, his value, the value that God places on the church. And so if you as a pastor have been raised up to oversee the thing on earth that is most valuable to the heart of God, then we've got to, I mean, we've got to take serious how we're leading, how, what we're feeding, you know, what is our, are we really, are we really establishing people in the faith or are we confusing their faith? Because a lot of times their faith is being confused mm-hmm. by the teaching and not being established. And so once, once we get buy-in, mm-hmm. um, then it, again, depending on the location, depending on the, you know, the place, the culture, the language, um, a lot of places we've very early on we'll put together a translation team and they'll start with creation of Christ and they'll translate creation of Christ into the lessons and then um, we'll have a time where we actually teach them through the the creation of Christ lessons in some places we've taught them through all of it other places we've just given them an overview and then they've been able to take the ball and run with it but once you get buy-in and once you get them using the lessons um, they're going to then begin to taste for themselves the benefit of it Mm -hmm. and so then so our you asked what our schedule looks like when we're there what our day looks like it's so in those beginning stages it's going to be meeting all day for you know it's it's usually three days sometimes four days Mm -hmm. we find if you go beyond three or four days meeting all day it just it's too much Mm -hmm. um 
And so, you know, in the first stage, we're trying to get the buy-in to see the importance of using the lessons. Um, and then as once they start doing that, we give them time to start teaching the lessons in their churches. Then we'll go back to get feedback. You know, so how's it been? And you've been teaching, you know, you're halfway through Creation of Christ. What's some of the feedback you've been getting from your church? Um, and, and then we'll begin preparing them for the next set of lessons and work with the translation team uh, tr so that they're translating the next set of lessons for the pastors ahead of when they need it and just trying to keep things rolling that way. Um, and the way we did it in Malawi, we would go and we would meet with uh, the translation team and go through the next set of lessons that they're going to translate. But then we would also meet with the big group of pastors and teach them through the lessons that have just been translated that they're going to be using next in their churches. And so just trying mm -hmm. to keep that, you know, the momentum going. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And then obviously traveling is not the only time that you communicate with these church leaders. So Jim, can you kind of talk about what you do when you're not there? Like how are you keeping in touch with them? Are you still teaching them lessons or is it more like a informal relational uh, relationship? What does that look like with them? Yeah, it's both. Okay. And so there are people around the world that I study with during the week okay. right now and um, going through lessons and various lessons in different places in the lessons. Um, one gentleman uh, is in a pretty remote spot. It's not ideal, but it's just the phone, mm -hmm. you know, and, and uh, so we can't even see each other. And um, that's the most challenging. Mm -hmm. um, the other folks that uh, I can meet with around the world, we use Zoom, which it's not as good as being in person, you know, like this is, but mm -hmm. it's better than not being together at all, mm -hmm. at least, but, but it's better than being on just the phone. Right. So you get that kind right. of middle ground. At least you can see each other, mm -hmm. a little bit of facial expressions, and just yeah. enjoy a little more of a conversation than just simply the phone. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I do that um, a good bit every week. And okay. so, um, yeah, so we're trying to keep it going so that, say we visit uh, somebody um, you know, for, for example, twice a year. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not the only time that we're, we're studying with them, right. that we're, we're studying with them in between on-site visits. Mm -hmm. um, but then both of us communicate with people a lot via WhatsApp. Mm -hmm. okay. uh, both of us uh, v communicate uh, through um, you know, email, mm -hmm. obviously. And then it's not only studying through the lessons, but it's just talking about life. You know, yeah. I think um, for all three of us here, and our listeners as well, there probably have been people in our lives where they've had like formal, um, in our lives where they've given us formal instructions mm -hmm. of Bible teaching, but then also they've just talked through life with right. us. And mm -hmm. um, that's sometimes can be as valuable or, mm -hmm. or maybe more valuable at times in the formal Bible teaching. Just, mm -hmm. hey, what's, you know, what's going on in life and, and what are the good days and what are the bad days? and and how is the Bible formal teaching we've gone through mm -hmm. impacting what situation that yeah. we're going through right now in our life? Mm -hmm. So we have conversations um, like that with our global mm -hmm. uh, family. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, when we're here, we're here, but we're communicating a lot mm -hmm. with everybody out there. Mm -hmm. And so um, obviously Scott and I are involved in the local ministry of FBC. Mm -hmm. We. You know, we meet with people in town, 
um, I have a community group and mm -hmm. you know teach PTC every now and then. Um, but our main ministry is out there, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so throughout the week, mm -hmm. we're just communicating and keeping in touch mm -hmm. um, constantly. Yeah. Or preparing lessons for the next trip, mm -hmm. or preparing logistics for the next trip. There's always finances involved. Right. Or getting home and catching up from being gone. So mm -hmm. it, it's um sometimes it's a continuous cycle. Yeah. Uh, you know when we're mm -hmm. when we're busy, like we're right. getting ready to be busy. You're either right. getting ready or catching up. Right. Somewhere in between. Yeah. No, that makes sense. <laughs> so we have we have four levels of relationship mm -hmm. as that we progress through with each work okay. in terms of their establishment. So we start off as a teacher and discipler. So at that first level, we have a lot of interaction. Mm -hmm. We'll, we'll go, I mean, sometimes we'll go four times a year okay. to visit them. We're visit, we're uh, connecting more regularly on zoom, studying through things more frequently, more consistently. But as they progress further along, become more and more mature and are able to turn around and do with other churches mm -hmm. what we've been doing with them, mm -hmm. then our involvement with them is, becomes less and less and less. And right. the fourth stage we call peer. Mm -hmm. And if they never saw us again, mm -hmm. you know, it wouldn't matter. Right. And we have some that are a number of works that mm -hmm. are at that level. Mm -hmm. And so we're not, mm -hmm. you know, like the Hoser guys. Mm -hmm. I mean... We'll, we'll go a couple years without seeing them. Yeah. And so, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And then it's not just like you two, obviously, as our global church pastors um, do a lot of this, but then you also have a ministry team that is also involved, and sometimes they'll travel with you guys. And so mm -hmm. are do they kind of do the same things? Will they also meet on Zoom and um, sometimes travel with you guys going through these lessons? How involved are they really in this process? Yeah, it depends. Each one's depends on their time, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, Jim and I are paid full time to do right, this. Right, right. <laughs> and so those guys are bivocational, mm -hmm. so to speak, and don't have as much time as we have. But um, there's a few of them that have uh, very close relationships uh, with some of the pastors and do meet regularly uh, mm -hmm. with them, uh, even weekly. Um, we've... Uh, like Michael and Christiana Newland are going with Jim. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. Is it this trip or next trip? Next yeah. month. This weekend. This weekend. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've they we, as they're free, mm -hmm. as they're available, mm -hmm. they'll join us on trips and participate. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes participate in the BTC classes mm -hmm. with us, and so. Yeah. Um, before we close out the podcast, I do want to talk really quick about the BTC classes. So mm -hmm. not only do you take these lessons um, all over the world, they are available here yep. for people if they want to um, learn. Not only are they all out in the foyer um, on the upstairs level, mm -hmm. um, but also what class are you guys teaching this semester for BTC? So we're currently teaching the uh, Supremacy of Grace class, okay. and it's at the uh, 10:45 hour. Okay. So we covered lesson number uh, five yesterday, but mm -hmm. I guess by the time this is released, maybe we will have covered lesson number six. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, if you're looking for a class, uh, we'd love to have you. Um, you can join us at 10:45. Uh, I think it's in two one. And uh, yeah, you'll come in late, but mm -hmm. 
the other lessons are online. Right. So you can simply catch up. Right. Yeah. And, and not only way. are those lessons online, a lot of the curriculum that's in the um, hallway you can find yeah. online on our website. Yeah. Scott as well. taught a class last uh, semester. Mm-hmm. And so that's class you did. It was mm-hmm. the, the New Man in Christ class. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a great, uh, mm-hmm. great class, great lessons. Mm-hmm. And um, they're online. So um, they're there to be uh, taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so when we get yeah. the chance, we enjoy being able to be involved in that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we're teaching, we're teaching what we teach around the world, mm-hmm. you know, because, I mean, I, and I know we're gonna get into it in a few podcasts, mm-hmm. but, you know, what it actually takes to establish people in the faith. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's, that's what we're about, that's what we do, and that's what we teach, so. yeah. yeah. Well, that's great. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. And a lot of these things that we talked about today, there will be future podcast episodes diving into specifically the teaching, um, any of the trips that were teased, um, all of those things will be covered um, later on. But for all of our listeners and viewers, remember that we always love to hear from you. Send over your thoughts, questions, or requests, and you can do that at fbcva.org forward slash podcasts. Um, and if you know of anyone who hasn't checked out our Global Church podcast, remind them that they can follow us on YouTube or wherever they get their podcasts. And make sure you also check out our other two podcasts, Sermon Spotlight and Fellowship Family, which are on the same platform as our Global Church podcast. So thank you all so much for watching and listening. And remember that it is Christ who is continually building his church until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Mm